Hi, my name is Jinsey Dunn, and I just finished up my years at The Ohio State University, and this is College Hockey Talk. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have former Ohio State captain and WCHA champion, Jensi Dunn, joins the podcast today. But before we get to that interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, follow our Spotify page and subscribe to our Apple Podcast page. Leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow and i really appreciate it if you did that and if you're a returning listener thank you so much for coming back i really appreciate that as well like i just said our guest today is jincy dunn she was a wcha champion last year and also was the captain of the ohio state women's hockey team a great player one of the best players to ever put on the ohio state jersey and it was so much fun getting the chance to watch her she was probably one of the best defensemen this past year and was a huge loss for that ohio state program as she graduated and yeah but it was a great interview with her we also released an interview with casey o'brien who is a freshman from the wisconsin badgers you can check that out as well it was a great interview with her i wanted to release two episodes today because ohio state and wisconsin play a big series in the wcha this weekend it's my most anticipated matchup for college hockey this weekend and i kind of wanted to hype it up with two great interviews with some players associated with those schools so i hope you guys enjoy both these interviews now let's get right into it here is the interview with jincy dunn enjoy everyone on today's episode we have a very special guest former ohio state captain and superstar jincy dunn thank you so much for coming on and how's it going good thanks for having me i'm happy to be here no problem. We're happy to have you on. And our first question is, how's your quarantine going and what have you been doing recently to pass the time during these past few months? Um, my quarantine's actually been really good. I'm a homebody. So being I was home for like six months and that was like a dream come true for me. Um, so I spend a lot of time reading. I walk a lot. I have five siblings, so they take up a lot of time. Um, so my quarantine was great. That's good to hear. And I want to start off talking about before you went to Ohio State. You're from Missouri. How did you start playing hockey and falling in love with the sport? Yeah, um, so I have, like I said, I have five siblings, and my older sister and my brother right under me, Joshua, um, were super close in age, and so we did everything together growing up, and Josh was really interested in hockey um, and wanted to try it, and so my parents put him in it and said, okay, Jensi and Jessica, you're going to do it with him, um, and so the three of us just started doing it together, and um, we just fell in love with it. We met some great people, made some great friends, um, stuck with it. And then next thing you know, all six of us were playing hockey. Now, who was your favorite player growing up and what part of their game do you try to emulate to your game? Um, so I never really watched a ton of hockey growing up. Um, but I loved watching, like I would go back and watch like Nick Lidstrom videos on YouTube and things like that. Um, and so I really like, I don't pick one player because obviously at the high levels, they're all good and they all have something to bring to the table. So kind of just like to watch and someone does a skill that I like kind of pick up on it and see, go from there. Now, before Ohio State, you played for the St. Louis Lady Blues. Talk about your experience there and what did you take away from it? Yeah. Um, it's just really cool playing in St. Louis, um, with different girls that live around the city. 
Um, I mostly played with the junior blues growing up, so the guys, um, and that was a unique experience, just being the only girl on the team. Um, but they were really great about it. I got really lucky with the group of guys I played for. Um, and yeah, like being in St. Louis, there's not a lot of hockey like in the local area. So we were on the road every weekend, traveling every weekend. So like road trips are a great way to make memories. Now, how did playing for the St. Louis uh, Lady Blues help you prepare for college hockey? Yeah, um, I think just the coaching staff is really good there. Um, they have like a lot of alumni that are willing to kind of give back to the um, to the youth players. And so there was just really good coaches that would take time to work with me, develop my skill. Um, I could come to them with things I could work on or I can send them game film where they could be like, oh, I want you to work on this, this, and this. Um, so they were really good about just like helping me develop individually, um, both as a player, as a leader, as a teammate, kind of all around. Now you also did play for the USA under 18 team in the world championships. Talk about what it was like to represent your country and win a gold medal. Yeah, so I mean, it's always an honor um, to get to represent your jersey, uh, represent your country and wear that jersey. Um, and I think what was so special is just we had an awesome group of girls that year. Um, just a really fun group, girls that I had grown up playing against. Um, and it's really cool to, to just compete at that level um, against different countries. And yeah, there's just so it's just such a learning opportunity, learning experience and the people that they bring into those to those world championships to speak to you, those people that are coaching your team or whatever it may be. Um, it's just awesome. It's a great learning opportunity, like I said, and it's just fun. Now talk about what it was like to score the game winner in overtime nonetheless, and what emotions were you feeling after scoring that goal? Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. Um, sometimes I have to like think back to it. Um, yeah, I just remember like, I just felt like I was going in that game. Um, and then we, and it just felt like the game wasn't gonna end. So like you're just going and going and going and then when you score you're like oh my gosh we just won. Um, but yeah it was just super exciting because I would not consider myself a goal scorer at all. So to score I was just like super excited and then my family was there which was so awesome to celebrate that with them. Um, and it was the first time that the U.S. had beat Canada in a world championships in a while. So that was just super I was just super honored that for some reason I took one shot and happened to go in. Um, and yeah, it was just super cool and just a, a really like a good memory to hold on to. Yeah. And I want to ask you about your recruiting process. What was it like and why did you choose to play for Ohio State? Yeah. So I really struggled with making decisions and I had no idea where I wanted to go to school. And I was the only junior in the country. I think that was not committed to a school yet. Um, I committed the last day of my junior year and I just really didn't know what I wanted. Um, and vice versa. And so I ended up, what was really important to me was to go somewhere where I could help build a program as well. And um, Ohio State just, I went there, I visited the school. There was no reason in my mind that they shouldn't have had a good um, Division One's program. And I just want the women's game to be competitive, more competitive overall. So it's not just two teams playing each other every year, but there's more growth amongst the sport. Um, so that was a big decision. How OSU supports their student athletes is incredible. And then my sister um, was on the team at the time too. And she kind of like, like, because I was so close to her and we could speak so honestly, I kind of really got an inside scoop on what the team was like. And um, my grandpa lives pretty close to campus as well. Um, so I would say those were like the biggest factors. Now in your first year at Ohio State, you redshirted. What led you to that decision? And what did you do within that time to help your hockey development? Yeah. So I literally did nothing in that time. I did a ton of ocular and vestibular therapy, um, ton of therapy and 
yeah, it was, it was tough because I, so I had a concussion, so I couldn't really do much at all. Um, and yeah, it was definitely, school was really tricky. I wasn't even going to the rink cause I wasn't feeling good at all. I didn't even get on the ice until the following August. So I was out, I didn't skate for almost a year and a half. Um, so there was really nothing I did to help my game in that sense. But I think for me as a person, it just like you, you learn to be resilient. You learn to get through things. Um, so yeah. And then I think looking back, I mean, I'm grateful for any injury I've ever had because there's always, there's a growth and there's a learning and there's a process to it if you can get through it. Now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to your game after playing your first few college hockey games in your first year? Yeah, I, um, I think the speed. Um, I think speed and confidence were the big things. Just not playing, you're not, you know, going from the U19 level then going to the college level. It's a little bit different pace of game. Um, and then just confidence. I hadn't hadn't played in so long. I was so unsure and I knew there was high expectations and a lot of pressure coming in. And And so just kind of like, not trying to people please, but also perform to a certain standard um, and know that I could do that even if I hadn't done it in a really long time. No, you lost to North Dakota in the WCHA playoffs that year. Even though you lost, what should you take away from that experience that helped you for your next few years at OSU? I remember, I'm pretty sure it was that game that we (laughs) gave up a five on three. So we were on the five on three and they ended up scoring. And so that's one thing you can't do. but just, uh, what else did we learn? I'm losing, like, every opportunity that you lose is, like, you can learn to lose graciously, and you can learn to lose with a little, I don't know how to say it, but, like, you can carry that with you, but you also need to know when to not let it burden you, and then you need to take that and you need to move on. And, and you can go back and you watch film. I honestly didn't even watch film after that game. I said, you know what, next season is a new season. Um, but yeah, everything, just take it and learn from it and roll with it. Use that to go forward. Now, Coach Mujerell became the head coach during your first year playing at OSU. What was it like being a player during a coaching transition? And what was it like playing under her? And what did you learn about the game that you didn't know before? Um, coaching transitions are probably one of the hardest things for student athletes to go through because you commit to one coach. Um, and then you come in with another coach who has just completely different expectations, different culture, different mindset, different everything. Um, and Muzzy came in, this was her first time as a head coach. So it was a huge adjustment for her as well. And then she had her two kids at the time. I think her, her son was 10 months old and her daughter was two and her husband was still back in Minnesota. So she came and I mean, she was just kind of thrown into the fire and like that was, she was not put, she did a really great job for the position she was put in, I would say, but from a player standpoint, it's just tri- it's just difficult because your coach like a coach needs to come in, especially with the female coach, needs to come in with some authority. This is the way it goes, um, and of course you've got two cultures that are colliding, and there's going to be pushback, and so it can be a little bit of a little bit of tension, a little bit of fire, a lot of miscommunications. Um, but we got through it, and each year we got better. And I've learned a lot from us. Um, I think the biggest thing I've I've learned from her is just the importance of like commitment and loyalty and hard work. Um, she's all about women empowering women. She's a mom and a coach and a wife, and she plays many roles and she does them all very well. Um, and she just, she's always asking questions. She's always getting better. And I think when you have a coach who's always wanting to learn, who's always wanting to grow, that's going to trickle into the culture and into the players. And, and she, she demands excellence every day by being excellent herself. And so I think, again, like she's just a great role model for me to learn from. Um, 
And in terms of X's and O's on the ice, her systems were super aggressive, and honestly, I really love them. Now, coming into your next season, you played the South Korean team. Talk about what it was like to play them and helping grow the sport of hockey. Wow, this was so long ago, too. Um, it was so cool. Um, so, again, Muzzy wanted to do something really cool for them since they came all the way literally across the world to come play us. Um, and we ended up getting – so we played a game, and then we went and all had dinner together. Um, and kind of divided amongst teams where we were sitting and, and just got to chat with them and see what life was like for them. And it is really cool to see the game growing in different um, country in the world too, because I think hockey is a great, it's such a great game to play. It's fun and it's a team sport and you can learn so much from team sports. And so it's really cool to see other countries kind of and, and other programs and more women kind of taking that and picking up and going with it. Your team improved a lot from your first year to your second year. You went from a below 500 team to a team that won 24 games. What did your team make? What did your team do to make such improvements? And what role did you play in that? Um, I think it was just our culture. Um, our culture from the first year to the last year just grew exponentially. And obviously, it wasn't perfect last year, but it was pretty darn close to it. Um, and it was really cool to see a group of players, staff, coaches come together and have this unified vision, unified goal, um, even with so much diversity amongst the team. And um, yeah, so culture was probably just the biggest takeaway from that. And, and I think it was, um, I got to give credit to my fellow seniors in the class um, that I graduated with. It really wasn't easy at all, um, but we just got on board together. And like, I think as, what leaders do is they get the team going in the direction that the coach is going in. And so Muzzy was going one way and we just stuck together and we were able to get the team on board and everyone bought in. And I think when you have a culture that is learning, that's growing, that's pushing, that's doing the little things, that's getting better. That's getting 1% better every day. Like you're gonna, you're gonna improve and, and winning will take care of itself. You lost to Minnesota in the WCHA tournament that year. What was your mindset heading into the national tournament for the first time? Yeah, we were so pumped. Um, like, we just couldn't believe it. OSU had never been to the national tournament before, and, or it hadn't been in a really long time. And we had one girl from Boston, and so we kind of joked about it all year, not actually thinking it would be realistic. But then when we started to get some momentum, we were getting hot. We were like, okay, wow, this could actually happen. And we got there, and we were like, no way. And it was, it was just awesome. Like, our coaching staff at the time just made it such a fun trip. Like, yeah, there was pressure, but we didn't even feel it. Like, it was just like, go and enjoy every second of it. And when you have that freedom – you're going to be able to perform. Yeah, and you beat Boston College in the NCAA first round. Talk about what you remember from that game and what emotions were you feeling heading into the Frozen Four? Yeah, I think it was – what I remember is that our team had such great energy before the game, no, and no one was nervous. Like, we were just so excited to be there um, and so fired up. Um, and it was – and I remember oh, or BC had the best offense in the country that year and we ended up shutting them out that game. And like, we just, as a team, that momentum that we had before the game, we had that on the ice. And I mean, it was awesome. It was just, such, I just, all of us were talking about it not that long ago, just how fun it was to play that game and just the whole trip in general. What was it like to play in the frozen four? And even though you lost, what did you take away from that experience since it was such an historical achievement for the program? Um, again, it was the first time that OSU women's hockey had been to the Frozen Four before. And our men's team had gone to the Frozen Four that year, too. So it was really cool that we both were able to do that. Um, it was good for our school as well. And, um, yeah, it was just 
it was one of those things that was like, cause we had, our team had been through a lot that year. There was, it was a long year leading up to that point. And we got there and we're like, wow, this is amazing. And, and we'd worked so hard. We're like, this is it. Like enjoy every second of it. And again, so much energy, so much momentum. And we were devastated to lose that game, but we were also just like, wow, we, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, it was okay. We made it this far. We lost. We're obviously upset about it, but it was like, guys, look how much we did. Look how much um, we got through this year. And, and I mean, if you're asking me, that goal did count in the regulation. So yeah, we always say the goal was good. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Now, I was looking at some of your stats and you blocked so many shots during career, your career. What's the secret to blocking shots, especially since it seems it's, it doesn't seem that pleasant to do? Yeah, um, just get in front of the puck, really. So I, um, yeah, I just try, our goalies would face a lot of heat. And so try and take as much um, pressure off them. And it really like, if you close the gap, it doesn't hurt too bad. So, yeah. and, and it, I, and honestly, I might have blocked a lot of shots, but we had one girl on our team, Rebecca Freiberger, who like had the biggest shot blocks in the entire, I mean, they were amazing and she would just get the team fired up. So it's just kind of one of those things that comes with territory. You just do it and you just don't think about it. You just keep going. Now you were also named captain of the team in your junior and senior year. What was your reaction when you found out you were going to be captain and what type of leadership did you want to bring to that team? Since I know you co-captain with Olivia Soares. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just super honored. Like, Ohio State is such an elite place to be and to be considered a captain to be considered so highly by my like my fellow teammates and my coaches I mean it's just an honor and that's something that they have your trust and you want to do everything you can not to let them down um, and I think one of the ways that I really tried to leave is by it's called servant leadership um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it before but I've studied a little bit and it really makes sense and and what it is basically is the leader um kind of puts themselves in a servant role to their teammates and their coaches and says, how can I help you? What can I do for you? Um, and, and really, I think leaders create leaders and you elevate the people around you. Um, and so that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that every girl on my team was having a great experience, that they were encouraged, that they felt like they were a part of the team, that they brought something to the table, that they were reminded of, of all their skill sets. Um, and, and I knew for me, if we were going to be successful, we needed everybody on board, knowing their role, knowing that they mattered to the team. And so I just really tried to be super aware of my teammates, what was going on in their lives and their school, um, try to make that really try to connect with them on an individual level, um, so that they knew that they could trust me and I was there for them and that I would always love them first. And if I was leading them, it was coming from a place of, because I cared about them. Yeah, your team played great heading into the WCHA tournament in your final year at OSU. What was the message heading into the tournament that year, and how did you guys remain successful in the tournament? Yeah, um, I mean, the message was let's effing win type thing. Um, but, yeah, we just were like, you know what, we've been here the last three years. We're, we're winning it this time. Like, it's not an option. Um, and we would have felt confident going up against the teams we were going up against because we played them many times during the year. And we knew, like, it's now – if we're going to win this, it's now or it's not going to happen. Um, so that was just kind of our attitude. Again, so much energy, so much momentum. And there was no nerves. Like, it was just that, okay, we're here. We know we can do it, that confidence, that preparation. And we were just able to execute and perform. Yeah, and you beat Minnesota in overtime in the semifinals. Talk about that game and what you remember from it. And what was the challenges that Minnesota brought to that game? Yeah. Um, what I remember from that game, oof, we were really tired. <laughs> um, it was, it's at that point in the season when you're just really tired. Um, and 
yeah, again, just that momentum, we just came out and we did well. And, and I think during that game, there was a lot of back and forth where we had some really good chances and then they had some really good chances. And so it was like kind of teeter totter back and forth. But again, we just, that confidence, that preparation, our team's fitness was really freaking good. Like we have some girls that it's insane, their fitness off the ice. And so, I mean, they were coaches were able to just keep putting them back out there, back out there, back out there. So we were just able to just keep rolling. And I think that's one way that we beat a lot of teams is just better in shape. Now talk about that game against Wisconsin. What emotions were you feeling after you beat one of the best teams in the country and the team that eliminated you the previous year, especially in overtime? And what was your reaction to that goal that Tatum Skaggs scored? Yeah. Um, we were just coming with fire and, and, and we knew like for us, it was going to be a real mental game because the game against Minnesota went into overtime as well. And we were tired. Um, but we knew again, now or never, like we're going to beat him here. Or we're not going to beat him at all. Um, or we're not going to like, we're, we don't know when we'll get our next chance at WCHAs. Um, and so I remember I was caught at the end of a long shift. And so I was just like, I'm throwing it down the ice. I'm so exhausted. And I threw it up to Tatum and she ended up scoring. So the first thing I felt was relief. Me and my D partner who were like, Oh, thank God. It's over. The game's over. Um, and then we were just so excited. Like we couldn't believe what we had, what we had done. Like we had just for the first time ever won the WCHA um, championship. And then just being in the locker room afterwards, kind of reflecting and thinking about it. What made it so special was just the group that we had, the team that we had, the staff that we had, um, the fact that we that was something we all get to share together forever. Um, it was so cool. And like I said, I talked about culture earlier, but our culture was so good and it was so good to be a part of that. It just made it that much sweeter. Yeah, and you were supposed to play in the national tournament before everything got shut down due to COVID. How'd you find out? What was your reaction to that news knowing you played your final game at Ohio State? Yeah. Um, so I remember we were flying out for to Minnesota for the NCAAs and we were, so half of our team was flying out in the morning, half the team was flying out in the afternoon because we got our flights so last minute. And we were at the airport, we were about to board the plane and we were told we're not going because, so we're sitting at the airport and next thing you know, like basketball shut down, this is shut down, that like, it was like bang, 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 all down the line. And so we're sitting on, we're like, are we getting on the plane? Are we not? And so they ended up Putting, pulling us off the plane just to be safe. Um, and then later that evening, we found out it was canceled. And yeah, I, I think you're just sh shocked. Um, like just sh obviously upset, but shocked because nothing like this has ever happened before. Like when none of us have lived through a global pandemic before. Um, and so I was just thinking about it not that long ago, actually, and I was actually really grateful that my last game was the game that it was against Wisconsin in the WCHA, beating them in overtime. Um, and I honestly, my heart breaks for our seniors this year to know that their junior season was canceled and then their senior season looks like it does right now. Um, so, yeah, it's just like, am I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm angry about it. I just kind of like, you, you, what can you do about it? You can't really do anything about it because the whole world is having to make adjustments and things are just changing. So. Yeah. What would you take away from the most from your time at Ohio state and uh, what, how did it help you become a better hockey player and also help you as a person as well? Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, for me, OSU was just like, 
it was so much better than anything I could have imagined for my own college experience. Um, the friends that I made, the relationships that I made, um, the coaching staff that I got to learn from, um, the opportunity to get my undergrad and do my master's. Um, that was all amazing. And so in terms of, I just learned the importance of culture and hard work and loyalty and integrity. And I really got to step into my own leadership style. Um, and again, it's just so many opportunities here at OSU. Like I got to do study abroad and um, I've done different leadership developments. Um, and so, yeah, I think it just walking out of Ohio State, if there's one word, I would just say grateful just because of everything that I got to experience here. Um, it's just, it's lights out and I, grateful is the only word that I can think of to really describe it all. We're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. We're asking some non-hockey questions. And my first one is, uh, what music do you like to listen to before a game? What gets you fired up? Um, I'll honestly listen to anything. I, nothing really like, I don't really like to listen to like rap, I would say, or like really heavy metal stuff. I'm pretty like an even keel person. So, I mean, I could listen to the softest music. Like I could listen to classical music before a game or I could listen to like, pop it doesn't matter to me so I don't really have preference whatever's on in the locker room now which arena had the best walnut mix ours <laughs> easy All question right. Right? even other people said so even other people said so, so. yeah no I had one person say it was Ohio State so I guess I yeah. got that out yeah now who has the best style at Ohio State besides yourself obviously who has the best style um Elise Riemann Schneider definitely has great style now, who was the funniest on the team? Elise Riemann Schneider. Uh, it kind of depends on what, like, there was a couple people that had their moments that Tatum Skaggs is also, like, super goofy and out there. And Rebecca Freiberger is low-key savage when she's making jokes. And if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Ooh. I could have lunch with anybody in the world. Um... Are they alive? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I think um, Carrie Underwood. I really just love her music. I love her stuff. She's like my idol. So I think I would want to have lunch with her. That would be a cool lunch and conversation for Or if I'm trying to think, like, I think Martin Luther King would also be pretty awesome. Or like yeah. Or someone like a real thinker and, like, activist in the world. Yeah, definitely. Now, what's your favorite sport to watch at Ohio State besides hockey, obviously? Besides hockey, oof. I like watching volleyball. Our volleyball teams here are really good. Nice, nice. Uh, did you ever get to – what was your favorite game you ever went to? So our – so when I was here, our um, our facilities were attached to volleyball at the time or wrestling. Our wrestling teams were really good as well. Um, I don't remember a specific match, but I would just sneak over after practice and just sit and watch. Oh, nice, nice. Now, back to some hockey questions now. My first one is, you won Female Athlete of the Year this past season at Ohio State. What was it like to win that award, and what did it mean to you personally? Yeah, that was so cool. Um, it, it was, like, it was sweet, too, because I was just, like, a little bit down about everything that happened with COVID. And so, all of a sudden, I'm, like, looking at my phone, and I'm, like, oh, you whoa, that's cool. Um, especially at OSU too, because there's so many athletes and I know that it's a, it's a award that they really like, 
I know coaches and ADs have a big say in it as well. And so again, just that they would think so highly of me that I was deserving of the award. Um, Cause there's obviously, I was looking at the other list and I knew a couple of those girls and they are just awesome. Um, really, really great people, athletes. So I was just really honored that, that I was even considered for the award, let alone won it. Now, what would you do to help grow women's hockey? Ooh, what would I do? Um, I think to just help grow it, I think I just have to start like reaching out to people. Um, I, in the Columbus area right now, um, I work with like youth girls around the area. Um, and just, so just like spreading the word, inviting people in um, and, and really just going to different communities and, and getting not just girls, but other young, young boys, like people of different race, ethnicities, um, get them to come join the game as well. So, yeah. Now, what advice would you give younger players trying to pursue Division One college hockey? You have to love it. You really have to love it. And because I think when you love it um, and enjoy it and res you respect the game and you're willing to sacrifice and work hard. Um, so love the game and, and learn to love the people around you. And I think that's going to get you through anything. Now, what can we do as a podcast to improve? And what can I do as an interviewer to be better? Yeah. Um, for the podcast, oh, make it make it a little more conversational. Um, yeah. Don't have so many like rigid questions, but be able to like go with the flow or like go off on a tangent or maybe stick with like one. Or I really like the questions that you do at the end, like the non-hockey ones. I think those are cool because you're going to get a variety of different answers. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to be better at conversation and kind of shy in real life. If yeah, it not so it's been kind no, of. No, that's totally. What's your favorite podcast that you listen to? Spit and Chicklets. It's a hockey podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of inspired me to uh, do this, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome that you actually like started it because most people talk about it or dream about it, but they don't actually do it. So super kudos to you for actually doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. The only thing was I wanted to do a podcast that was kind of like both men's and women's college hockey since there wasn't one about both sides of the game. So that's why I thought this was a good idea. And it was, it's been very cool to that players actually agree to come on and do interviews. So it's been fun. That's so That's so awesome. Good for you. That's Thank you awesome. so much. Now, do you have any shout outs you like to make to any of your teammates, friends, or family members? Oh, I mean, I gave a shout out to Rebecca Freiberger for being the most elite shot blocker I've ever seen. Um, Liv Soares was my co-captain. She's the one that our remixes were so good. She did them all four years. And then Elise is just like team glue. The team is not the same without Elise. So those are my three classmates. So I think I got to give the shout out to them. Thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast, Jincy. You may not know this, but you're one of my favorite players at Ohio State, so it means a lot uh, to come on the podcast, and it was fun getting the chance to interview you. I wish you nothing but the best in the future, and stay safe. Yeah, thank you so much. Once again, I just want to say thank you so much to Jincy for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, and I wish her nothing but the best moving forward. Uh, she's such a nice person and such a great hockey player, and I really means a lot that she came on the podcast and I can't thank her enough now I know there were some hockey games that were played last night however I'm going to incorporate those games in my preview for this weekend's games on Friday's episode so be aware of that and be also on the lookout for Friday's episode it's a great interview on that one uh, that'll wrap up today's episode the one college hockey news I kind of want to briefly touch on was Northeastern and Maine both announced that they're going to have pauses in their winter sports activity Northeastern announced that it will last until December 18th 
uh, Maine has not put a date on their pause, and that does affect hockey a lot. Uh, I read somewhere from College Hockey News that 90% of December's games will be affected by these shutdowns in hockey, which is kind of insane to think about. I think they will find a way to flex out some of these games and make a more suitable schedule for the teams that are still playing at the moment. So I think the schedule that stands now um, will not be what the schedule I think will be in the future. I think they're going to definitely change some weekends up. They already did. UMass will be playing BC, um, but they're definitely going to change some weekends up. And I think the schedule will look a little bit more different for the next uh, few weeks based on these changes that are happening because of the shutdowns that some of these schools are having. Are having. Um, I feel like more schools will definitely postpone some of their winter sports, which sucks. But if you're trying to keep these students safe, and that's the main priority, and I have to respect that, and I think everyone does, in my opinion. But I appreciate you guys listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great Thanksgiving. And until then, take care, everyone. Have a great day. Peace. You, I've been trying hard to keep my cool. But when you need, there's nothing that I can do. When you're walking in, I know it's true.